Amen. Well, it's great to have everybody today, and uh, we're going to jump right on into the message. If you look up on the board, Tyler does a great job finding those pictures, man. I just think that's beautiful with that cross and this you know, reflection of God uh, just looking over his children. That's an amazing thing. And I just want to say this morning when we take off here, and you know, a lot of times when we feel bad and, and are under the weather and stuff, just know that you're never alone. Just know you're never alone. And God's still in the miracle business, in the healing business, in the loving business, in the restoration business. Amen. And anything good, he's in that business, amen? And if it's not good, then it's not from him, okay? So I just want to say that this morning. But I'm going to start out with our title. It says willingness with a question mark. And I think that's the best way to jump in. And I thought, man, willingness deals with, with all types of stuff. And willingness is a key factor in everything we deal in life. I mean, are you willing to believe? Are you willing to trust? Are you willing to, you know, step out? And things like that. So I, I think a lot of times is we sell ourselves short because we're not willing. We're not willing to take that risk, willing to take that step, you know. But I know uh, from my own life, and many of y'all know as, as well in yours, sometimes when you just step out of that comfort zone a little bit, it's amazing what God will show you, amen. So we're going we're gonna to look at a few of those things today. But I think we got the right scripture for the right time. Matthew 16, uh, 26. And follow along and read deeper in that chapter this week if you get a chance to. It says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? How many people have heard that before? Many times, right? We kind of just roll over that and we go, hmm, that kind of stings, right? right? I mean, because it brings you to a point where you got to make a decision. What, are, what in the world are we going to do about these things that God puts before us? And, and I think today, uh, one of the best ways for me to just really share this, I use this from time to time. And uh, just a little illustration, because everybody learns different. Man, I got to see it. I got to touch it. I got to see what's going on. So I'm going to use this little illustration about life. Many of y'all have seen me do this before, and other people do it. And uh, I have a knack for grabbing any guitar cord or string and getting it in a knot real fast. But I'm going to put the, our supermodel to work here. Earl, hold that right there. <laughs> there you go. Good. Now, all right. This is what we're going to do. This right here is going to represent our life. You know, sometimes maybe 20, 30, 80 years, whatever the case. Uh, some don't get that much and some get a little bit longer. But the key thing is, is to know where you're going when you leave here. You know, I had an opportunity to, to do a um, funeral yesterday. Uh, a friend of mine passed away, 51 years old. And he had battled with cancer and courageously. And, uh, you know, he, he talked to me early on. He says, you know, if this thing doesn't go good, I want you to speak at my funeral. I said, okay. No problem. He says, but I want you to spend time with me because I want you to know what I'm about. Isn't that cool? He, he said, man, I want you to spend time with me. He called me up and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm coming to your house, I guess. <laughs> he said, come on. He always used to tell me, but the door is always open. Always open. So some people don't get that long. I mean, you know, but here's the thing. And I, I remember this. I said, John, I said, you want me to speak at your funeral? And he, he was one of these guys just very direct. So I, I get very direct when it comes to Jesus, too. I said, well, you want me to say a few words at, the, at your funeral? Am I preaching that you're going up or you're going down? See, I wanted to bring him to a point and say, hey, do you know Jesus? I don't have any problem. I don't mix any words, anything like that. I want him to, do you know? And he looked at me and says, I'm going up. Now, a lot of people assume that they're going up. And I say, the next question is, this is where it's all about. I said, so why is that? Now, many people will say, well, I'm a nice guy. You know, I put a couple dollars in the church plate. Man, I helped a little old lady cross the street. They will tell you all this good stuff. But let me tell you, it's not the good stuff that gets you there. It's the God stuff. It's the one thing. It's Jesus Christ. It's a personal relationship with the Lord. Let's go back to my buddy. And I said, so we're preaching. You're going up or you're going down, man? He says, I'm going up. And I said, why is that? And this is the best news I heard in any of our conversations. He said, cuz, bro, I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ a long time ago. I can even tell you when. He said, I went to a Joyce Myers thing, and I gave my life to the Lord right there. And I said, "Woo, that's good to know, isn't it? See, because when, when I'm preaching over somebody's uh, situation, I want to know where they're going. Because we can't do anything once, they're, once they leave this place, right? The, 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 the destination's already set in motion. But the great news is you got a choice today. Right? I didn't know we was going to get into that, but we'll share that. I just need to share that today. Well, let's get back to my little uh, rope illustration here. 
So many times, people in, in our life, we get all wrapped up about, well, you know, when I get to this point right here, man, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be in my best shape of my life, man. Maybe in my 20s, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to make this. I'm, 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 I'm. You see what I'm going to do, right? And then what happens is, well, when I get right here, uh, my kids are going to be gone and, this, and, and the house is going to be paid off. And man, oh, man, I can really live it up there. You know, we're just, oh, man. But right here, right here, man, when, when we retire, me and the wife's going to do this and this and this and this and this. And, and we focus on all this little stuff in the backdrop. Let this represent eternity. Think about that. When you leave here, you will spend somewhere, one or two places, for eternity. You'll be with the Lord or you'll spend it in hell. See, a lot of people, that's not a popular teaching, but it's very true. Amen. But the good news is you got a choice. You got a choice right here, right now. And it's not based on how smart you are, how pretty you are, any of that. It's based on will you have the willingness to trust in the finished work of the cross. Amen. It's all about Jesus. You will say, man, you talk a lot about Jesus. Yes, I do. Because he's the answer. But this is what I want to show you here. I used to have some scissors that I would just cut this off, man. Cut this off. Cut this off. We get so focused. I think it's good to, to have a plan in life. I think it's good to save. I think it's good to do things. I tell you what, I work with a lot of guys and they're, and they're wrapped around their 401k and, and their whole emotion. Everything swings up and down when, when the stock market's up or when it's bad and this and that. And I can tell you, it swings up and down and back and forth. But you can still have that deep-rooted joy no matter what, when you got a relationship with the Lord. I did not sit up here and say, everything's great when you call on the name of Jesus and you're saved. I will tell you this, probably things will ramp up a little bit in your life. Because when you're sitting on the sidelines doing the devil's bidding for him, he don't need to mess with you. But boy, let's start saying something to Jesus. You know what I mean? Say something for the Lord. Oh, well, man, I tell you, there's people still waiting for this thing to wear off on me. Oh, he's a rock and roll. And now that he's going through a phase, you know, he's just, you know, well, Lord, I hope I never get out of this phase. Yeah, because I know he's never going to leave us. And that's why I get excited about sharing something that will transform your life. The only thing that will transform your life is Christ. So when we're looking at this and we say, man, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? So many times. We spend all this energy and all this stuff. I said stuff. All this stuff to get more stuff, to get more stuff. How many people got a garage that you can put your car in? How many people got a garage that you can't? I consider a successful garage purging if I could get through my stuff sideways. And if I could do it walking straight, I said, oh man, baby, we threw out some good stuff now. You know? And Denise is great about it because if it was me, it would be bad, man. It would be bad. I would have stretch marks on the door of my garage, man. You know? And she's like, this summer we're going to do this. I said, don't throw anything that says Harley or has guitar chords on it. You know what I mean? Amen. <laughs> See what I'm saying? And all the guys say, yeah. You know? And I'm looking at that. But then we go, are you going to use this? Maybe. <laughs> I might. You've had this since we've been married. You know how much that costs? Uh, $400. How much is it worth now? I know, like 10 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because time changes, you know. This, this technology, man, you you buy this really cool speaker and all this stuff. And, and and how many remember this? When you had your, when you finally got some money, you got a job, and you got your, your you moved up from the 8-track, probably maybe to, to the cassette. You had to have the big speakers, man. I mean, the big speakers. I mean, you, you didn't have nothing unless you had a hernia trying to get them things in the house, you know? And Denise, went to, when she first started dating with me, I, I was so proud of that stereo, man. I had worked hard. That thing took up one whole wall. I said, what do you think of that? She said, them are the biggest speakers I've ever seen in my life. And then we got married. She said, those speakers got to go. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. I mean, I had, I had, I had scratch marks on it. No, no. You know? So they stayed in the garage for a couple years. Isabel took care of that. They washed them on out. I said, well. I can't have them big ones. I'm going to give me some real nice little ones. You know, you got a face like that. Got me little ones like that. And I said, them things ain't nothing. Man, that's pretty loud. Turn around and blew them babies up. Blew the bottom out of them. See, I told y'all needed the big ones. I better get off that one real fast. Let's get back to that. What I'm saying is we hold on to a lot of stuff probably way too long. We hold on to a lot of things hurt way too long. I'm not minimizing your hurt, but I think sometimes we hold on to it way too long. You know what I mean? 
And I say this every time I preach on forgiveness and things like that is that, you know what, when we forgive others or forgive ourselves, it does not mean that we agree with the offense. It means that we agree that we're not going to let us hold that hold us in bondage anymore. But let's go back to this. When you focus on your life, how much do you really focus on how much of an impact that your life is making for eternity? When you focus on your life, I mean, say you live 80 years, say you live 100 years, man. That's short of against the backdrop of this, this whole eternity thing. And see, but what you decision you make today affects this tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Man, I bet you so many people think they got more time. So many people think they got more time. I appreciate it, brother. I'll just reel it on in here. I got to catch it today, didn't I? <laughs> you see why I love that guy? He's fast, man. He's just fast on the, on the joke. Oh my goodness. But you know what? We get all tied up in things like that. And I hope today that we'll, we'll kind of look at our life and, and think about how willing am I to just shed off some of the stuff. And man, there's nothing wrong with stuff. I'm not preaching against stuff. But I'm preaching for our willingness to be all we can be for Christ. To settle this thing today, man, that we know where we're going. You know, that's my heart every week. You know, we talk about a lot of different things and applying different things of God's uh, promises in our life. But the main thing is, those promises are not for you if you're not a child of God. If you haven't called on the name of Jesus, guess what? They're out there. you got to make them yours by faith, Lord, coming to my life. So with that being said, let's keep on rolling here a little bit. So when we think about this, part two of that question, it says, Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? That's a pretty high stakes right there, isn't it? I watch a lot of movies sometimes when I get a chance. Man, I tell you what, when they get you in a hostage situation, you'll give up anything for another breath of air, won't you? You say, oh man, hey, take my ring. Take my this, take my wife. That's probably not a good plan. <laughs> but I've seen some guys on, on the movies do that. I would never do that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make a laugh today is going to be a long ride home, baby. Here we go. But anyway, you see all these things, when things start getting stripped away, when you start getting pressed, man, you start realizing the value that maybe you had on your stuff. It's not all that valuable. But life is a valuable thing. And God has blessed us with a life. And God has blessed us with a wife, life and a wife to, to turn around and make a difference in the community. To make a difference in the, the kingdom. To make a difference in your family. To make a difference in your workplace. Wherever. Make a difference when you go shopping or anything else. Because think about it. God chose us to take the message of Jesus everywhere. And that's a privilege. That is a huge privilege. But today we need to settle a few things to make sure that we're right with God. That doesn't mean everything's perfect in our life. That means that we've put our faith and trust in the Lord. And let him start working those things out in our life. Everybody with you so far? So that's what I want to talk about there. Are you willing to receive what God has for you? You think about that. Are you willing to commit to Christ? Willing to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I said, man, today I want to just take a look at a few areas that I'll be honest with you that I've struggled with over the years and different things. And I think we all do at different times. So if you guys are ready, say amen. We're going to jump on in to see what God's got for us. Here we go. Comfort zone. Woo! We like the comfort zone, don't we? Man, get in that chair, remote control, all that good stuff, big bag of popcorn or whatever the case is, dominoes on speed dial. We can get comfortable, can't we? But we like the comfort zone. And I just want to talk about that. I said, we like our comfort zone. I said, heaven knows it, it is always easier to talk about doing something than actually getting things done. And everybody said, amen. I used to have a buddy. It was so funny. We would talk about music and different things, and we'd be getting ready to go up to do this big old rock and roll show. He said, look, he said, man, get up there and go. He was like a cheerleader, man. Get up there. You got to go. I said, yeah, we're going, man. He said, hey, look, don't talk me to death. Get up there and do it. Don't talk me to death, boy. I was like, I thought I was going in the football field, man. He was like, okay, I'm just going to play some guitar. Get up there. Get up there. Man, what would it be like if I was out here? Everybody, okay, okay, we leave here. Everybody huddle up. Ready? We all prayed up. Share some Jesus on three. One, two, three. Woo. Get out there. Man, I hope, I hope I can motivate you like that. But ultimately, it's going to be Christ stirring your heart. The Holy Spirit working in your life. Amen? <coughs> we used to always say this, man. A buddy of mine I used to work with. Another guy used to say this here. Let me get a drink of water. Amen. And all the regulars know what to do. Amen. 
I, I love this saying. I used to work with this guy and we said, well, man, we, we need to work on this and we need to do this and we should do this and all this. And he would say this all the time. He said, nothing comes to sleepers but dreams. Translation is, if you're just going to sit there and talk about it, it's not going to be a reality. If you're just going to just be in your comfort zone, nothing's going to change. You got to move. You got to step out. You got to be involved. You got to be willing to accept a few things. Amen. And sometimes there's some risk involved, right? But that's okay. We got to look at those things. So I, I think of this. So we want things to become a, a, a reality. I want things to, you know, to be a reality about Jesus Christ being the Lord of my life. I want that to be a reality. I want the things that are going on um, that God's teaching me. I want to be obedient to those things and, and quick to turn when I miss them. I want that to, to be changing in my life, man. And so that works on all kinds of levels, man. Tapping into your potential. Growing in the Lord, sharing your faith, maybe being a better student, better husband, wife, friend, whatever. And I'm not talking about a works relationship. I'm talking about a vibrant, living, trusting relationship with the Lord. Amen. Based on his son, Jesus Christ. And so today I hope that, you know what, that we decide, you know what, Lord, I'm going to get out of the comfort zone in some of these areas you've been leaning on in my life. You know. Oh, you know, it's good weather today, so I'm not going to go to church. You know, I really should open my Bible, but it's all the way over there. And, and, and the remote control's here. It's closer. You know what I mean? I'm going I'm to read a little bit from my Bible, but i got to check my Facebook first. You know, and, and you ever you realize when, when the Lord will prompt you to do something, like in His Word, or make a call that you should make, or something like that, or pray, the doorbell will ring. That commercial you've been watching, man, just turns up louder. I mean, all these little things start happening. Anything to kind of get you off the path. Today, take that willingness and say, you know what? The Lord's laid out on my heart. I'm going to step out and do it. I'm going to share a few things how God has showed that in my life. And I know there's many stories among uh, his folks today, too. Now, how many people like change? That's about what I thought. <laughs> One. <laughs> I mean, y'all are being honest, right? Most folks don't like change. I don't really like change. I mean, you know, I don't. I'd say she likes change. Oh, yeah. Well, you better, you better, you better stay close, brother. She's allowed to cash you in. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You know when you got a good thing, don't you, honey? She knows. But you know, not many are up for change. You know, I'm all for change if it's change for the better. Amen. If it's change for the better. But for it to be change for the better, I found out that it's got to be in the direction of the Lord. Amen. We could change a lot of stuff and be in the wrong. We'd be on the wrong road. You know. But I want to be. On the, on the right path with the Lord. And it's tough sometimes, man. we got to find that direction. So how are you going to find that direction? You need a map. You need to open God's Word. You need to be listening to what God has to say. You need to be studying His Word and taking time and praying and, and listening. And you say, well, man, buddy, I, okay, I got it, you know. Now, you know, when I'm talking about getting out of the comfort zone, I'm not talking about being a, a, a stunt man, a tightrope walker, all this there. I'm just saying... Those promptings that the Lord has, has given you this week. Can anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. Is there anything the Lord prompted you this week to maybe do? And he said, I'll get to that. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll get back with you on that. It probably is. And I don't want you to beat yourself down because you didn't jump on it right then. But posture your heart in a way that, you know what, I'm going to do it next time he says that. I want to get you energized so when the Lord says, hey, call that person. Hey, forgive that person. Hey, you know, spend some time with me. Hey, don't do this. Whatever the case may be. And I want you to realize, I don't want you to think that I'm talking about a God that just points and chooses and picks and, and this, that, and other thing. He's a loving God. And when he gives us direction, you can bet, you can cash in, you can be assured. That's the word I want. I kept going through until I found the one I want. You can be assured it's for your benefit. You can be assured when God's giving you a direction, it's for your benefit. It might not be for your comfort. Amen. Let's keep on going. Commitment versus comfort. Man, that's two ends of the spectrum, isn't it? Many times. You know? Unless you're committed to being comfortable. Right? I think sometimes we get committed to being comfortable. I ain't going to do that. But what I want us to see here today, that there's so much that God wants us to do. This week, I, I took a couple days off. I was under the weather. I feel great now. I appreciate the prayers. And in the middle of doing all types of stuff, I was working on a computer, wasn't even working on, on the message then. The Lord laid this lady on my heart to call. A lady that's the head of uh, the HR, at Miss Robin, at work. 
And I was like, where did that come from? I mean, last time I talked to this lady, it's like in April. She's a very sweet lady, man. And, and, and I just thought, well, maybe she needs some encouragement. And I was like, I don't even know if I know the number of the Lord. I was like, Bloop. brought it back to my mind. I called her. I said, Miss Robert, she goes, buddy. I go, I'm off today. And I was praying. And uh, the Lord said to call you. How you doing? <laughs> a little awkward sometimes. But she knows me. So that wasn't really awkward at all. She goes, you know what? I'm so glad you called. You know, I'm going to be traveling and things like that. And so it's just good to know somebody's praying for you. Isn't that nice? Now, here it is. It could have been a, a great story if I said, oh, she was going through this and I called and prayed and this just changed everything. Maybe God was just going to see if I was going to be obedient to that. To trust me with the next thing. Amen? Right? How's he going to trust you with bigger things when you're not faithful with the little things? So, don't underestimate the purpose and the power of the small things God has called you to. Just do them with diligence. And, and so you think about that. I had a couple things out here. I, I said, you know, it's all about staying in tune with our Heavenly Father. I said, are, are we willing to communicate? Are we willing to, to fill up on the faith instead of the things of the world? I mean, the world gets loud, man. It gets loud, doesn't it? I mean, turn on the news. It's all this politician bike back back biting this and that we need to be continuing to pray for our country amen yeah. daily you, you go to another thing i can't believe the stuff i see on tv now it's very hard to find a movie that you can watch with your family it, it really is i mean we watch we watch andy griffith all the time man. i've seen all those things you know because all the other stuff is just crazy you know and, and so, you know, you got to really be careful when you when you look at that. And we need to be praying for our young folks because they got so much ahead of them. It comes so fast on the phone and on the iPad. It's, boom, it's right there in front of them. It's right there in front of them. And what happens is when you see it so much, it starts to desensitize you to things that are, are, are right and wrong. The next thing you know, you say, well, a little don't hurt. A little don't hurt. And next thing you go, how in the world did I get over here? But you know what? We continue to, to hold fast to God's word. I want to read this again. I said, for what is the profit of man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? And then it goes and it says, or what shall a man give in return for his soul? I said, man, when I see that question and I put that up against the framework of my life, I'm thinking, what what am I wasting my life on? You know? Did a funeral yesterday, did a funeral the week before. I've been doing way too many funerals, you know? But I'm going to tell you this. I have not, in 20 years, coming up with 20 years, I've never had anybody grab my hand and say, hey, go get my trophies. Go get my bank account. Go get my books. Go get go, go, go this, 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 this. It's always two things. They want to make sure about the Lord, and they want their family, amen? But we invest in so much. If you look at it in your day or in the week or the last month, look how much you invest in everything else versus those things. I really, I really dislike this. I don't say hate much. I, I really dislike this. I dislike that I get more time with the guys I work with than I do with my family. I mean, I talk to, to, to a truck driver on the back of a truck unloading stuff for an hour. I don't get to talk to my wife an hour a day. But I have to purpose those things. You know, I was like, wait a minute. You know, let's just let's take a break. She's working. She's doing we're doing. We can get busy. Busy don't make you better. Amen. I realize there's a lot of stuff that has to be done. But in this world that the, the Lord's blessed us with technology and everything else to hopefully make things easier, if we're not careful, we fill our days up with more of the same stuff and leave out the good stuff or the God stuff. Amen. That's all I'm saying. So we have the purpose in our life that, you know what? I'm going to make some time for my family. I'm going to make some time for reading God's word. I'm going to make some time for taking care of this old body, whatever the case is, because I'm going to tell you what. When it's all said and done, I don't want my kids to say, man, my dad uh, sure did a lot of preaching. He was always gone. Man, my dad, uh, he was always doing this. Uh, never, never really knew him much. You know? Just like my friend told me. He says, if you're going to speak about me, I want to make sure you know me. I want to make sure that you know what I'm about. He wanted me to invest in him. What a blessing. Because when I thought I was invested in him, what he was really doing is investing in me. Because what he was sharing with me is so many things that I want to try to apply in my life. 
Because when you're in that dark place, I say, hey man, what you thinking about today? He says, hey man, I'm telling you what I'm thinking about today. All the stuff I wasted my time on that didn't make any difference. When I should have been spending more time with her. Or maybe doing this or doing that. You know, I really love doing this. But I spend so much time doing that. I'm listening. I don't want to come up. And, 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 and let me tell you, the Lord blessed him with probably a year and a half of doing the things that the Lord opened his eyes. He spent some time with his family. He spent some time with his wife. And as his wife spoke yesterday, amazing. She said, I can only hope for you that are married, that your spouse tells you the things my spouse told me. She said, I can never remember a day that he didn't tell me that he loved me. Even when he was mad, he would still say, I love you. And I didn't know I was going to go here, but man, that's, see, see, he's preaching the sermon today. My visit's right there preaching the sermon today. And, and Julie said, uh, that's his wife. She says, I hope that your husbands or your wives tell you what my husband told me. Said he was working out there and John was a carpenter and loved doing woodwork and everything else. And he brought this piece of metal like a hinge. And he said, hey, baby. He's like, yeah. He says, that's what you mean to me. She said, a piece of metal? All these years, I'm, I'm a piece of metal? He said, no. He said, you're my hinge pin. Without you, I never have it together. Woo! Come on, man. She gets to hold on to that. You know? What is it that you're bringing to the table in that relationship? Here's one. Is Christ your hinge pin? Is he holding things together? That's amazing. That's amazing to, to, to hear those things. But so often, you know, we think, well, you know, uh, my mom and dad know they love me. Uh, you know, well, your mom and dad like to hear that you love them. I tell my mom I love her all the time. You know what she says? She said, well, that's good. <laughs> Come on. You know, she's 87. She ain't thinking that far. She, you, know, I, you know, I love you every now and then. If I bring Smitty's or something, you know. You know, bring a hamburger or whatever. I say, oh, I love you. That's good. Yeah. Crab cake or something. Yeah, she loves me. But you know what? I do know this. I know she does love me. And I know that in a crowd this size, a lot of times there's some disjointness in some families and stuff like that. I'll never tell you that my family's got it all together, this and that. But we do love one another. And I'm going to make sure that I tell them all the time. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, I love you guys. You say, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? No, man. He said, well, it's my first day here. Well, good. We've been praying for you to get here because we always say, Lord, bring the folks that you want here. Here. Good to see you, brother. And that's, um, you didn't know you prayed for already, did you? That's awesome, man. You know what's cool is when somebody comes up to the door and they're just smiling and you're like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. I don't know who that guy is. What's that guy? And then they tell you and you go, hey, what's up? What's the last time I've seen you, man? 30 years? At least. It's amazing, man. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's awesome. Absolutely. And it, I, you, you know what tickles me? When I see my old friends, when we got in so much trouble, they come out here and they want to hear about the Lord, man. I'm like, yes! That is so cool. And I'm thinking, y'all don't have to say nothing about what we used to do, y'all. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a drink of water on that one. That's it. That's it. He was always a smart one. Please defend. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But you know what? Isn't that what you want? Isn't it the people that you hung out with, the people that you know, the people that you love, the people that you got to do stuff with? You just want them to know the Lord. That's it. You just want them to have a good time. You want to, you want to make sure that, you know what, that they're covered. That they're covered in the Lord. Amen. That's the whole thing. When everything's stripped away, man, you want to make sure that they know that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Amen. Had a couple other things in here. I said, commitment versus comfort. I said, it will ultimately come down to this. And I said, if you're leaning into more comfort or more commitment, you'll get just that, whatever it is. If you just go to comfortable and say, man, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to do this. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines and everything. That may last for a season, but there will come a time in your life that you're going to have to make a decision. No matter what it is, you know, problems or whatever, you just let it go and you sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug. Then next thing you know, it's like, oh my goodness, this thing is crazy. Something else I learned yesterday. From my friend 
and as they were talking at the funeral and different things like that. He was not a big sweeping under the rug type guy. Amen? You never had to worry about where you was at with John. That could be good. That could be bad. <laughs> I was on the good side. And I appreciate that. But I also learned this. As time was going on and the Lord was revealing things to him that he would share stuff with me. And, and I thought, man, God has put this man in my life at a time such as this to give me a, a, a window to reach people in a whole different way. And a window that I can open up and say, man, you know, this, there's no sugarcoating this. It's not about after I get this done. This, today, this man is dealing with this situation today. How are you dealing with this? You're dealing with it in the strength of the Lord. Why do we try to deal with it on our own when God says it's finished? Amen. Deal with his strength. Deal with what he has for us. Over and over, I think, man, we just don't really realize how precious life is. My wife probably, <laughs> man, it's crazy. When I come home for a funeral, I got to regroup. I can put the good face on for a while, but it starts working on my heart, man. You know, you can only go to so many bedsides and go to so many things when people are dying, and it don't start impacting your, your heart a little bit. God's been really gracious to kind of, I sleep good and everything else, but I love people, so it hurts when we lose people we love. But the good news is, when we love those people and we know that they know the Lord, we'll see them again. But I find this out, that I become a little bit more clingy after that. Just want to tell you, okay, you told me five times, how you doing? You know because I don't want to miss that opportunity. When I hear people talk and I see things change and all that, I want my family to know. So if I ever call you up and go, hey man, just tell you I love you. You say, man, will you preach a funeral today? No. <laughs> it's that I'm looking and saying, man, I just want people to know how much the value they are to me. But I want to tell you something that's even greater than that. The value that God has on you is priceless. Priceless. There was nothing here that could pay the fine. There was nothing here that could to come out and say, hey, man, or, or what shall a man give in return for his soul? There's nothing you got, nothing I got, nothing we can ever gain to win our soul back. It took the perfection of God and his son, Jesus Christ, to do it. Man, that's something to celebrate, isn't it? So many times we go around, I said, you know. I, I got so many notes here. I'm all over the place here. Man, God's just working on my heart this morning. Is that? I said so many times we invest in stuff that, man, just robs us. And I heard a guy say this a long time ago. He said, one of the richest places in the world is the graveyard. I mentioned this from time to time. And when I was, I was listening to this guy preach and I was doing some work, I was like, what in the world does he mean? And he explained that. He said, you know what? The richest place in the world is the graveyard because there's so many things left undone. There's so many books that were never written. So many songs that were never sung. So many I love you's that never got said. Man, when I leave this place, I just want to, I just don't want to have nothing left. I want to be poured out, man. I want to be done. But you never know when that time's coming. So why not start pouring today? Why not start saying today? Why not start telling today? Because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And I want to make sure that you know what? If this was my last sermon, God said, well, you know what? You, you went down swinging. Every week I think about that. You say, man, how does that guy get so excited? Because I think about this is a privilege. But this what comes with the privilege is a huge responsibility for people to know the Lord. Amen? And I want you guys to know how much God loves you. Amen? But you know what? A lot of times we don't want to take the risk. Risk management. I was thinking about this. I said, we love to pick and choose. I said, I know we need to count the cost on things. But I said, this just keeps ringing out in my head. Or well, what shall a man give in return for his soul? We love to pick and choose, and that's okay for a lot of things. But when it comes to God, I'll put it this way. A lot of times you get opportunities to do stuff. And I call it this. Good thing, good thing, God thing. But it's happening, breaking it out here. What is that? There is a lot of good things that we can do as a church. There's a lot of good things that we can do as family and friends. But don't miss the God thing 
doing the good things. Does that make any sense? We need to be listening when God says to move, to do, and go, and support, and this and that, whatever it is. Man, I want us to be able to do good things. But I've seen over time, we get all wrapped up with doing the stuff, and we miss the God stuff. So, again, just talking about leaning in to the voice of the Lord. There's so many things that God is willing to show us. Yesterday, when, when you do a few, you, you probably talked to 100 people. I probably talked to 100 people yesterday. And uh, and I, that's great for me because I love people. And everyone had a story and everybody had something else and everything else. And I noticed the common theme of the, the say it's 100 people, whatever it was yesterday I talked to, was that they started to notice the little things that were right in front of them where they had not before. They said, did you notice when you were preaching there was a bird just sitting over there? Did you you notice um, that the rain was held off? Did you notice that when we came down here and they start looking at all these little things? Why am I bringing that up? Because I think a lot of times we move so fast and we get so busy that we don't see the little things God's already doing. I, I want you to hear that today. It takes somebody, it, it takes sometimes a, a death of somebody, a stick in the spokes er, for you to regroup. How many people have been laying in a hospital bed and you start thinking different? You know, you start thinking different when something happens. You know, what you got, Everett? I'm ready. And that's something. Somebody else said that too. You know what that tells me? Everybody needs Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, isn't it crazy? We look at that, things go by, and, and even the animals are like tuned in. Hey, what's going on? You know? It is. But if we were down there and we were fishing and doing this or, 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 or jumping up and down and carrying it, we probably would have never saw it. But when God slows our heart down and says, look, look what I've done. Look what I'm doing. It's just amazing. Something else. We, we were there and, and we're getting ready to finish the service. And I'm like, it's starting to rain. It's starting to rain. Man, all these people got to walk back to the car. Lord, it's starting to rain. And it stopped. Isn't that cool? You know? Just little things. So so with that, just like you said, man, I want to be grateful for those things. How about you? I, I, I'm hoping that, you know, through this stuff, that we start to see the little things. It's easy to see the big things. Right? What about the little things? What about that? What about two amazing young ladies on the front row at church today? Come on, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. That's so good. Young folks hearing the word of the Lord, man. That's awesome. You know? And I even asked, I say, anybody sitting there? She said, no. I said, well, I'll be back. Yeah? And they come with a smile. And I, it's, it's, just, it's awesome, man. Well, we like to avoid the high-risk ventures. Amen? I know I refer to this story from time to time. I'm going to make it quick. If you want to hear it again, I preached it a year or so ago. But it's just, man, with everything that's just been going on, I want to share this. It's called The Nudge if you go back through some of the stuff on the web. I'm going to make it real quick, but I want you to get this point. A lot of times, we don't like getting out of our comfort zone, right? Real quick. This has probably been a year ago now. Most of you guys have come here and heard the story before. But uh, it's worth repeating. Uh, it was a Sunday. Sunday's a very long day for me. You know, I'm not complaining. It's just a long day. You know, we start at seven. All the stuff's got to be loaded in, loaded out. I appreciate all everybody does uh, things like that. You pack it up. You go to mom's. You come back. And there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. You know, Tim's putting the website together. Tommy's doing the books. It's a lot behind the scenes. You know, and so Sunday when I'm done, I'm about done. But I was riding home. We went out to eat one night, and the Lord spoke to me going down Route 134. I want you to go visit this man. And Denise and. Uh, Jesse, we're talking about homework and everything. And I know when the Lord speaks to me. You know? It's like it's like a thought and it gets bigger. That's how it works with me. And I was like, okay. And immediately I knew that he wanted me to go to the hospital to visit somebody. Now it's getting late now. I mean, it's probably 8 or 9 o'clock at this time. And I'm going along and I said, okay. I said, all right. I said, Lord, I, I, this is a conversation I'm having with the Lord. Lord, I don't even know what room. I mean, I don't know what room. And he tells me the room number. But I'm still complaining about, you know, it's not really on my time schedule. And immediately when I, I'm, I'm having this conversation, I go, well, you know, okay, well, you know, I could go tomorrow at my lunch break. 
Immediately when I said that, that morning I had said this. That morning, and it was just like replay. Is partial obedience really obedience? As I, Lord, I'll go. I don't care. I'll go up and down, whatever. I'm sorry. Now, as soon as I repented, and God wasn't beating me down or anything, I got the next step. See, there's a process in this story I'm telling you that we can learn from. I go home. I drop them off. I said, hey, I, I got to make a little ministry run. And just a little something I'll throw early in the story. I had my motorcycle jacket on. I was going to wash in my jacket. I'll grab my clergy badge, and I'll just go ahead and go because I can get in and out pretty easy. The girl said, no, go. I said, okay. Got in the car, and I'm just riding. I go over to Centera. I knew it was Centera. I knew the deal, everything else. And now I'm not hearing anything. I said, okay. Here I go. On to the elevator. And I go, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what the room number was. And I think he said 435. I said 435. Boom. Right? And I'm going up and I'm going, man, I don't even know what to ask for. I don't know anything. I'm still complaining. Why am I complaining? I'm hearing from the Lord, right? Why am I going? And I get there and I hear three times on the way up, James, James, James. And I go, woo, I got it. I'm going to see James. Nope. But I knew as soon as I said, man, that's great. And it's just like, nope, that's not it. And the doors open. I go, Lord, I don't even know which way to turn. He goes, go right. And I went like this, and it said, James River Tower. Woo, man, now I know I'm hearing the Lord. This ain't a dream. This is for real. I'm going, man, I got, I'm, now I am getting antsy, man. I'm going, okay, 435. I think it's 435. I'm going down here, and I'm thinking, you know, here you come in here with this motorcycle jacket, long hair, mullet guy coming there. They're going to think you're probably looking for drugs or something. And I'm going, okay, okay. And I go down, I go down, I go down. I go, wait a minute. There's, there it is. I'm, I got to be cool. Because it's almost 10 o'clock now. <laughs> and the door's open. And I go in and I go, hi, how y'all doing? And the guys go, hey. There's two older black gentlemen. One in the bed and one standing up here. And it, that would happen to be their brothers. And I go there and I go, uh, how you doing? They go, hello. And I said, hey, uh, my name's Pastor Buddy. I said, the Lord just laid on my heart. Just stopped by. See, I can pray for you today. He goes, well, yeah, that's great. That's great. He said, I know the Lord. And I thought, I know you do. I said, because the Lord just sent me here. I said, I got to tell y'all something. Because, man, I am, I am all jesus up at this point. I said, I got to tell you something. And they go, what? And I said, I was driving my car down there with my wife and my son. And the Lord said to come here. He said, he did. I said, he did. And I said, why are you in here? And as soon as I said, why are you here? The Lord told me, it's his heart, right? And he goes, um, he said, well, I had trouble with my toe. And I'm thinking, that ain't your toe, it's your heart. And he said, they were checking my toe. And I told him about these dizzy spells. And it's my heart. And I'm going, <laughs> they probably thought I'm crazy. I'm, I'm hearing the Lord. I knew it was his heart, right? I'm getting all excited. This guy's going, woo. <laughs> What's going on? But the tables turn, right? So I'm talking. And the brother, man, his brother, man, I, I, I still need to get that guy to come speak. He was preaching. He said, you know what, son? He says, because you're obedient to the voice of the Lord, you will see great mighty things. Man, school is in, man. I'm like, this is a God thing. This is amazing, right? And I'm, I'm talking and everything. And, and I said, well, look, man, let's just pray. And I said, what time is your surgery tomorrow? And he goes, 11 o'clock. Guess what my lunch time is? 11 o'clock. See, if I didn't do what the Lord asked me, I would have missed out. Was I willing? I took the risk. I heard from the Lord. But it was a step a step process. You ready for this one? You ready for this one? So I pray for the guy and I finish praying for the guy and he starts crying. This guy's like 80 years old, I think, at the time. And he's crying. I go, what's up, buddy? It's going to be all right. He said, you don't understand. I said, what do I don't understand? He said, my daughter called yesterday from New York and she said, daddy, when I was praying for you, the Lord showed me a white man came in and prayed for you. Woo, come on, man. Isn't that something? That's amazing. I said, man, that's, that's God. And I'm going, wow, this is something else. See, we need to hear these stories because they happen, you know? It doesn't happen all the time to me, but man, I love it when it does. But I happen to think is, how much am I missing? I'm, a, I'm not, well, I'll do it later and things like that. I didn't think about this till last week. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to bring you all in on this in a minute. So when I left, I was going down and I thought... I'm thinking, I'm going to get all the gas mileage out of this I can, right? I said, is there anything else while I'm here? Right? I'm thinking, what's up? You know? And I thought he said, room 410. 
So I go back and I go back to 410. I said, nobody's, nobody's in 410. Well, Lord, I pray for whoever's going to be in 410. In Jesus' name. And I said, I never even thought about it again until a week or so ago. So, y'all remember the story about my buddy Don that just passed away? When I was leaving Don's room about two weeks ago, the last time I saw him alive before he went to go home with the Lord, when I got on the elevator, this is what the Lord reminded me of. 410. My buddy passed away in room 410. Just, you know, I'm not trying to make something out of nothing. I'm just saying, I wasn't thinking about that. That was a year and a half ago. But see, God is ahead of the game. God is on time. God is knowing what's going on. I hope this encourages you. It's not like, oh, buddy, he he he's a preacher, so he heard that. No, man, God will speak to anybody. The question is, are you listening? I'm grateful for the time that God gets through my fat head and speaks to me. I don't take no credit for anything. I praise God for everything. And, and I'll tell you what, I hope that encourages you guys here. So what does that have to do with avoid the high-risk ventures? That could have been a little bit of a high-risk venture. I was tired. I could have went tomorrow. Would have missed out. Would have missed out. Would have missed out. I could have said, well, you know, I'll just ask at the desk and just pray from the car. But see, every time that I was faithful, God told me something else. Every step that I took, God would show me something else. He didn't lay it all out and say, I want you to go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. God, in his word, you can see all the time. He give you what you need, you step out. Give you what you need, you step out. That's where faith comes in, man. What is it that God's calling you to today, this week, to say, step out? Are you willing? I'm going to tell you what, friends. I've had a little bit of money in my life. That's okay. More money is better than no money. I like that. I've had, had a lot of cool stuff and everything else. Had a lot of great friends. Had a lot of good times and everything else. But there ain't nothing that ever happened in my life. That I, It's right up there with the birth of your children. Y'all know what that means. To hear the voice of the Lord, man. You cannot put a price tag on that, amen. I would say, because I get like crazy when that happens, man. Not, I mean, I'm just going, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And my family go, oh Lord, the Lord's talking to dad again. Right? <laughs> and then you know what happens next? I start crying. They go, why is he crying? I just, I'm overwhelmed, man. I'm just like, wow, man. Story after story after story. I know you guys got them too. And the reason I want to bring that back is because when you see God do those things and you experience God doing those things, you know he can do anything. But even when you don't see that, you can know that he's taking care of everything on the cross. Amen. Let's keep on going. So take a look at this. What difference can a step of faith make? I bet you it made a big difference in that guy's life. I know it made a big difference in my life. I went back. He went through the surgery. Everything went good. Everything else. I was up there. Probably off and on a couple weeks, spending time with his fellow, and, and he was just teaching me all types of stuff about things he went through and things that he saw in his life and how things that, that, that God had done for him. Remember, I told you about the motorcycle jacket? Kind of thought I forgot that, didn't I? When I went in the room and I got to talking and, and, and spending more time with this guy, he said, You know what? He said, You know, my son died a couple years ago. I've got three daughters, and uh, he said, my wife died six years ago. He said, but when you come walking in with that motorcycle jacket on, I thought about my son. Remember, I wanted to take the jacket off. I said, no, keep the jacket on. I did, I did forget to tell you this. I went back the next day and he was talking to one of his friends. And it was there, he goes, there he is. He said, there he is. I said, there he is what? He said, I told him, he said, the Lord does send me a guardian angel on a motorcycle and a long-haired white boy. <laughs> he said, who the thought? I said, hey, I'm just trying to follow what he said, man. But isn't that cool? God broke down the barriers of white and black, old and young, healthy and sick, all that to get his word. And you know what? That's been a couple years ago. We're still talking about it today. That's just how good God is. So what is the difference does, does a little uh, step of faith make? It can make all the difference. It makes all the difference in the world. Yeah? I think about going visiting at different times. You know what? The people, a lot of people have made a difference in my life. But I could tell you, 
on a handful of folks have really impacted my life in ministry. And 90% of the ones that I would tell you have been on their deathbed. Have been on their deathbed. So I tell you what, it's real easy to say, no, I don't want to go today or whatever like that. When they call from the hospital, it's got to be where I just cannot possibly go. Because I'm going. I can go. Because I want to I, I want to bring comfort and, and, and everything else. And I want to make sure that, you know, we're loving on folks. But I also know this. God is so faithful that he can whisper to somebody. Maybe in their last moments. To impact your life that will change everything. Many of y'all know this. This right here where we're at today. This vision right here. Keep him a man on his deathbed in probably 1998 or something like that. Go visit a guy, my buddy's dad, and he says, you gotta, you, you gotta promise me you're gonna keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna get, and he was so, just get up and go about this stuff, and he hadn't done anything all day. My buddy said, man, my dad just keeps calling for you. And I had no idea how keep the promise was gonna be anything other than, okay, I'll just, okay, just calm down. But God took that. And I really believe maybe that man got a glimpse of what God would do if we're faithful in the small things. Amen? What is it that God's showing you to be faithful in the small things? It's crazy. What gifts has he given you that he might turn into some amazing thing to reach somebody for Christ? He said, well, I don't really do this. I don't do that. Man, I'll tell you what. Don't underestimate yourself. If you got a friend that'll listen, you got a great friend. If you got a friend that'll give you godly advice, you got a great friend. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's your part. I don't know, but I know this. God has you for here for a reason. He has you here for a time such as this. Don't miss out on what God has got for you. Amen? Let's keep on rolling here. I don't want to hold you too long on that. Man, now here's one. Sometimes we've got to leave the crowd and follow the king. Amen? Here's the question. Are you willing? I'm going to let that soak in for just a minute. We've got to leave the crowd and follow the king. It gets tough. Peer pressure is not just when you're little. It's all the time. Get in a business deal and see what happens. Well, you remember we did this before, so I know that you're going to do this this time, right? Uh, or whatever the case is. You know, I'm just saying what I want you to see is it's not just sometimes people say, oh, it's peer pressure. They're just when you're, when you're younger. It's all the time. We get pressure from the media. We get pressure from work. We get pressure from the neighbors. We get pressure from this and that and everything else. And, and sometimes we just say, man, uh, I'm just going to go with a crowd. I'm going to take the shortcut. I'm going to go the easy route. And what happens is a lot of times is we, we sell ourselves out on what God was going to do. You might have been the one that, that God was going to use <coughs> to stand up to make a difference. Amen? So going back to willingness. <coughs> Are you willing? I said it's all about a choice. And there's something for each of us that God's got. We got we all of us have this one thing. You ready for this? We have free will. You can choose to say yes, or you can choose to say no. Uh, you can choose Jesus, or you can reject Him. And I pray that you choose Jesus today, that you respond to that. But I also know this: <coughs> God's not in, in put nobody in the holy headlock to come to Him. Amen. He's given you an opportunity. The reason I brought those stories up to get to this point because. God, God wasn't beating me down to go to the hospital. He was giving me an opportunity to see him at work. Amen. He was giving me an opportunity to experience his love, his grace and mercy and his power and his might and his compassion. Don't miss that out. Don't miss out on that. What about this? Things change. Things change, man. You know, different things going on as you grow in the Lord, things change. People change. Everything changes but the Lord. Aren't you glad that the Lord doesn't change? Man, in the world spinning everything up, she said, man, I thought this guy was my friend. I thought the job was going to last forever. I thought the 401k was going to get me through. I thought me and my wife was going to do this and all that. I go back to my friend when I would go and talk to, to John and Julie. And they was just said, we just never thought that we would be walking in this at this part of our life. We're still pretty young. We're 50. Didn't think we'd be planning a funeral, buddy. Wow. That's the reality, isn't it? And like I said, some people don't even get to that. Some people get a lot more. But I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And I pray that it's plenty of time. But I know one thing. 
I'm going to enjoy today. I'm not going to be reckless. I'm not going to be scared. But I'm going to be grateful. And I'm going to do my best to be joyful. And some days it's a little hard. But that's when it's great when you got a good friend to help you point out all the good stuff. Amen. When somebody comes along and say, you know what? It's going to be all right. Keep on rolling. Let's keep on, let's keep on walking this thing out here. And I pray that you know what? That that is who we are to one another. And I want you to know this. Every life makes a difference. In talking to people over years and years and years and time and time again, most folks don't think that they can make a difference. Man, I see a, a sea of difference makers right here. All right. I didn't ask permission, but I'm going to brag on you. <laughs> oh. I love my buddy's wife, Kim. And I tell you why. Me too, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We come we come. Because she brings out the best in him. Amen. That's it. It, it, it is. I, I sent her a note down the day. I said, you know, I was just saying, I know these guys, I know some of these guys 40 years, man. And to see how blessed we are with the people that God's put in our lives, it's like, man, amazing. I work with this guy right here every day, every other day for six and a half years, lifting mattresses in and out of houses. We would we would go in 300 houses a year, moving stuff and everything else. And let me tell you, you don't always get along. Amen. I don't know why I couldn't just do what I asked. He's bigger. I did what he asked. But I'm going to tell you what. I have never in my life laughed as much as we have. To the point... That it was, and you'd just be crying. We would see everything, and we've been together so long doing stuff. You could just look at somebody and say, "I know what he's thinking about." And that's something. It's just crazy. We've had some good times doing different things, but everyone makes a difference. I'm thankful for each one. Of the Lord has put my life here. He said, "Well, man, you haven't seen me in a long time. That's all right." I know there's a reason for us to get back together again. I, I know there's a reason for that, and maybe it's things are just for a season or something like that. But that's really cool. To see that. And you know what? It don't hurt at all to tell somebody that you appreciate them every now and then. Amen? It don't hurt a thing. So I'm going to tell y'all, I appreciate you. And here's something else I want you to know. The guy still got room in his house. Amen? I want, I want to, to, to kind of just take that in for a minute. So we've covered a lot of ground today. But it's really about this one thing. If you don't take anything else away. Willingness. Are you willing to... Be who God called you to be? Are you willing to be moldable? Right? Are you willing to, to, to listen? Are you willing to read his word? Are you willing to trust him? And here's something else. Are you willing to receive the greatest gift ever given? And his name is Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for today. And I thank you for just my friends and uh, Lord, what they mean to us. But Lord, I look and... Think about what your word says here. It says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Lord, we don't want anyone to leave today or hear this message later and not know the amazing grace that you have for us. And so, Lord, as we're here today, I thank you for the lives that you have allowed me to be a part of. For the friendships that you're growing, for those that, that you're going to bring about in the, in the near future in the long haul. But Father, I want to make sure that my friends know that it's all about the relationship that we can have with you. And so Lord, I pray today through this message, through the power of your word, through the power of your grace, if there's someone here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today's the day to call on you. What do they mean, buddy? What do you mean today? Do you know for sure when your time comes, when you leave this place, that you've got a home in heaven with the Lord? You say, well, how, how's that? Just like I said earlier. It's not about the good things you've done. It's not about the bad things you've done. It's about the great thing that Christ has accomplished for us. Let's go back to the willingness. Are you willing to take God at his word? Are you willing to say, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sin? Today I'm yours, Lord. Help me to walk this thing out. Lord, I don't know all the answers, all the things, what you're going to have next, but I do know this. I know that all of sin and fall short of glory of God. And I know that I need you. And if that's you today, just
Just ask him, Jesus, save me. Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. I'm turning away from the world and I'm turning to the Word. I'm turning to you, Jesus. Fill me today. And you say, well, you know, buddy, I've done that before, but there's been some bumps and bruises and setbacks along the way. Well, today, we're all in that same boat. But if we give it our life to the Lord, we all have the same answer. And his name is Jesus. Never grow weary of trusting God.